0: Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I want to play a little message from one of our ministry partners at the Washington State Prayer Caucus. My cousin and good friend and ministry partner has a message on a way we can all get involved in prayer here in Washington State and really around the nation. Listen to my friend Joshua Wilson right now.
1: Hello, my name is Joshua Wilson from the Washington Prayer Caucus, a member of the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation. Our mission is to shape culture by preserving faith and religious freedom in America and Washington state. We are a national network comprised of over 1,000 lawmakers, the nation's top religious liberties lawyers, and countless pastors and business professionals. For more information on how you can get involved in critical initiatives, such as the Legislative Prayer Shield, Statewide Prayer, our National Motto in God We Trust campaign, and the upcoming Return the Book initiative, a collaboration of those fighting to get the Bible back into schools, visit us at cpcfoundation.com forward slash states forward slash Washington or email me directly at Joshua at Washington Prayer Caucus. May the Lord strengthen you as you fight to keep faith alive in Washington and America.
2: Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast, where we strive to live courageously through the lens of scripture and build courageous lives in a world that is driven by fear. Your host is a proud parent, a proud pastor, a proud business owner, and a proud American. Tune in today for your dose of Courageous Truth, and now your host, Eric Lundberg.
0: Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast. As always, I am honored that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me today. I want to open up this episode with a scripture out of the book of Esther, chapter 3. And if you know the story of Esther, we know that Esther in so many ways saves the Jewish people from a unjust genocide that was plotted by a man named Haman. Now, we know that Haman used the king to push forward his evil agenda, the king at that time. And I'm going to read Esther chapter 3, verse 8. And uh, we're going to take a look at what this says. This is the ESV version. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the providences of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of every other people, and they do not keep the king's laws, so that it is not the king's profit to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let it be decreed that they be destroyed, and I will pay one thousand talents, excuse me, ten thousand talents of silver into the hands of those who have charge of the king's businesses, that they may be put into the king's treasury. So the king took his signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman the Agite, the son of Hamadatha. The enemy of the Jews. And the king said to Haman, The money is given to you, the people also, to do with them as it seems good to you. I want to take a moment today and I want to compare two historical moments. I want to take the events of January 6th and I'm just going to briefly touch upon that. But I want to take a look at February 27th, 1933. Now, February 27th, 1933. This was four weeks after Hitler was became the Chancellor of Germany, and you know Hitler's biggest political opponent at that time was the Communist Party, and he was trying to raise the Führer up to uh, take power in Germany. Now, both are like if you have the Führer and the Communists fighting for political control, your country's in a dark place already, but. There's something that happens on february twenty seventh that I never knew about in school, but many of you i'm i'm sure have heard of four weeks after hitler was was chancellor uh there was a mysterious fire at the Reichstag building, and about nine p m at night this was a legislative building, and it was supposedly there was a young communist named Marinus van der Lube who was accused of setting that fire. Now, Hitler used the fire to undermine the judicial system, whether they plotted it or whether they framed this kid or they hired this kid. We, we really don't know. I don't think we ever will at this point. This was about 90 years ago, 89 years ago. But One thing we do know is that Hitler used this to gain political power and set his Fuhrer and his dictatorship into power. Now, on the 28th of February, the very next day, Hitler was able to persuade the then President Hindenburg to pass the Reichstag Fire Decree. And this removed the rights of the people to have freedom of assembly, freedom of speech. Freedom of the press freedom to protect and he used this and he began to arrest thousands and thousands of communists of his political opponents and this also gave them authority over state laws and local laws so he became very very powerful this also centralized all legal authority and destroyed the freedoms of any Germans to protest his action because they couldn't have assembly speech. So even those who were against him were not allowed to say anything or do anything for fear of arresting. And they also had the ability to confiscate private property if they felt that it was a threat to their Fuhrer. The Enabling Act, which then in in March of that same year was passed that gave complete legislative power to Hitler and the fewer. And so they had legislative power, and they could bypass the par- parliament whenever they wanted to make laws. OK Now there's obviously a lot more to this story, but I want to compare this. Now, notice a couple things. They lost freedom of speech. The people lost the right to private property. They could be investigated, and their property could be seized at any time without warning. They did not have freedom of press, and they did not have the freedom of speech. Sound familiar? Now, January 6th, uh, the first thing I want to say about January 6th is anybody who vandalizes our nation's capital deserves to be arrested, fined, and punished. It's unacceptable. That 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 belongs to the history of our nation and to the people and to generations to come and honors generations past, regardless of whether you agree with it or not. But what we know about January sixth, and this is just like there's way better outlets out there than me. But what we know about January sixth is a few things. What we do know is the left, the Democrats, blame Trump for gathering, what they basically, the narrative they're trying to push is that Trump gathered millions of people to the Eclipse Theater, or the Ellipse Theater, I'm excuse me, I knew many people who were there, and commanded them to march and take hold of the Capitol. And that's just not what happened. You can twist his words to make it say anything you want, but the timeline doesn't lie. While this riot and this vandalism was happening and people were breaking into the Capitol, Donald Trump was still speaking. And we do also know that Trump requested to send in, I want to say it was 10,000, at least 10,000, might be more, correct me, but a number of National Guard troops, but it was rejected by the DC mayor. So we know that these things aren't lining up. Now, We have all seen the videos. We know that there is vandalism, and it's shameful. It's ridiculous. It's horrible. These people, a lot of people actually who are arrested, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people who are arrested are still in jail, no access to lawyers in the D.C. jail. In fact, Marjorie Taylor Greene actually went in to visit them. They're not allowed access to uh, barbers. They're not allowed access to running water a lot. They're, they're, they're really treated like political prisoners. They haven't been charged yet, many of them, and they're being held in a D.C. jail. And We know that the truth is now coming out and they're getting the attention they need, but they've been, as political opposition, they have been political prisoners. We know that the Capitol Police let people into the building. We know that the Capitol Police moved barricades and waved people, and there is video footage of that we know that police were working with protesters inside the building they were were saying to a lot of protesters look you guys can be here but you have to be peaceful you have to be peaceful we know that uh and there was a lot of uh there was a lot of compliance in that and we know that there's video footage out now that ashley babbitt was offering water bottles the only civilian that was killed the only person who died at the capitol that day was offering the police officers water bottles before she was shot and killed by Capitol Police. She was unarmed. Beyond all that, it is a very convoluted event. We know there may or may not have been federal agents that were involved in this. Um, Ted Cruz has been uh, interviewing, cross-examining, if you will, uh, people from from the FBI. And the FBI refuses to talk. It's public record. You can watch it on YouTube, I'm sure. But beyond all the things that are happening on January 6th, and we probably will never know the truth, much like we won't know the truth of the Rice Fire, there has been use of that day to push forward so many things. The freedom of speech is getting lost. As soon as this event happened, out come the fact-checkers. Out come the banning of people. The governor here in Washington State is trying to make it illegal to spread and l- misinformation and lie about elections. What a dictator move. It is unacceptable, unacceptable that he wants to. So basically what Jay Inslee, our governor dictator here in Washington state is saying, if you have a different view, if you don't trust the system that I put in place and you question it, it is illegal, you could be fined or jailed. Does that say that I'm, you know, I'm uh, confident in our voting system? Okay? What that says is you will never question me or you will pay the consequences. What kind of leader is that? So here's what I want to think about. Here's why I bring all this stuff up. I believe that there are dictatorship tactics being used in our nation, in our different states uh, around the nation. And the more we know the more we're going to be able to take a stand. Now listen, history repeats itself, and sometimes history rhymes. This is right out of the dictator playbook. To use something like January 6th to create the January 6th committee, to have all these political theater uh, memorials to January 6th and compare it to Pearl Harbor. But the point I'm trying to make through all this is the more the truth we know, the better. The more we realize that our government is out of control and are criminals and are trying to create a dictator nation, the more we can stand against it. The American spirit is alive and well. We don't want to go down the path that the Germans went down. The Fuhrer was telling people that the Jewish people were sick and that they were dirty and they were shipping them off to concentration camps. And here in Washington, we've got quarantine facilities being built. I've seen them with my own eyes. How far away are we from that? What's really happening in Washington State? What's really happening across the nation? I've seen FEMA camps. Where's this thing going to go? I'll tell you what, it stops when everyone knows the truth. And if we don't know the full truth, at least we know what the lies are. So it is time to stand. It is time to take courage. It is not time to despair. It is time to be brave and courageous and not fall for the lies. It's a spiritual battle as much as it is physical. So I'm going to end with those thoughts. You go and research the Rice Stake Fire. You're going to learn a lot more. January 6th, <laughs> more and more information is coming out. We know that there may or may not be a man named Ray Epps. In fact, we know that the man Ray Epps does exist. We know that he was a agitator uh, and a instigator be- the day before the Capitol riot and the day of, urging people to take the building, urging people to break down police barricades, open them up in certain areas. So we know that he uh, had, he was either put out. A lot of people think he was a federal agent when asked about it by senator ted cruz uh the fbi director was unable to comment said i cannot answer this question and that basically just states guilt right there what happened on january 6 was very sad sad and heartbreaking that our nation would be vandalized like this so this is a um it's Obvious that it's being used to push a Agenda forward So anyway, like I said before how we need to uh, Respond to all this is we need to know the truth. We need to know history They're trying to change history before it becomes history. They're trying to change current events so that history will be shaped in One way and we need to know what the truth is so with all that, we arm ourselves with knowledge. We arm ourselves with strength. We arm ourselves, of course, with God's Word and with prayer. And let's continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. Let's know what the truth is. Let's look at good, solid resources that are really talking about these issues. Let's stay away from the mainstream propaganda media. That's all CNN and, and NBC and all these. It's, it's all propaganda. The View, it's all propaganda. Just trying to change history before it's even written. So thank you for tuning in. Continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. God bless you, and I will see you next time.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. Our prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your family, your community, your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stand for truth, in a world that is completely abandoned. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Remember, truth requires courage.